Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and uh, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Uh, joining you live here on on Facebook. Thank you for joining us if you are around. Um, unfortunately, the Cincinnati Bengals came up short this week against the Cleveland Browns in the Battle of Ohio, the first go-round. And um, just about everything that possibly could go wrong for the Bengals did. Um, whether it be injuries, scary injuries, um, injuries to more injuries to important players, um, poor play, doing finally getting some momentum and doing some things right, and then stepping on their own feet. Um, just about everything went wrong that possibly could have gone wrong for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's a lot to touch on this week. I'm going to try and get to some questions and comments that you guys leave here on the Facebook live session. As always, you can get all of the news, opinions, analysis, and everything on cincyjungle.com. And uh, this may be a very interesting week to keep an eye on the news, even though (laughs) there's a pretty sour taste in most fans' mouth after this one. Reason being, and I'll get to some some analysis in just a second, but reason being, we don't know the status of Marvin Lewis after this game. Uh, reason I say that, usually he's pretty safe, but reason I say that, uh, Mike Brown and the Brown family absolutely despise the Cleveland Browns, and uh, losing at home in a very embarrassing fashion might be something that is uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Um, if there is truth to the rumors, the recent rumors that Hugh Jackson might be being groomed for the head coaching position after Marvin Lewis leaves, retires, gets fired, whatever, um, maybe Mike Brown and and the Brain Trust says goodbye, Marvin, and uh, let's see what Hugh can do for these final five games of the season. This season is really slipping away from the Bengals, and and injuries have been a part of that. AJ Green has now missed; he missed his third game today. Obviously, was sorely missed, um, but now you have Tony McRae, a backup. Uh, cornerback who was kind of pressed into more action today because of the injury to Drake Kirkpatrick. He was out today. He suffered a scary neck injury, um, concussion neckish injury. So waiting for some updates on that, that was a scary moment. And then you have Andy Dalton who uh, injured that right thumb, that throwing thumb. Once again, he did that a few years back. If you remember in 2015 during his MVP like season, and, um, you know, now his status is uncertain. Latest on that, Marvin Lewis addressed the media after the game and said uh, his hand injury uh, does not appear to be serious at first look. Um, so on that front, not great news. Um, and then obviously the loss itself, uh, Cincinnati kind of made a game of it at the end. But even still, you had the, you had the feeling that, it wasn't close. The Bengals weren't going to come back. And, um, you know, even if they did uh, to, to kind of make it interesting, they would probably find a way to make it 
uh, to, to, to come out with a loss. And unfortunately, now they're five and six. They keep slipping further down the division and the AFC playoff picture. Um, and at this point, it's difficult to point to a game on the schedule that they might win. Uh, they have another game against the Browns. They have an, a game against the Raiders coming up. Um, they have the Broncos next week. I mean, their their season is slowly slipping away from them, um, and and it's it's a shame. Uh, getting to some of these comments, uh, this is an interesting one from Christine Esterman. Hugh got fired for being a a poop poop emoji coach for the Browns. Why would you put in a poop coach for a poop coach? <laughs> Not only is that pretty funny, Christine. Um, it's it, there's accuracy here, and I I began to think about some things today as the game started to spiral out of control. I started to think about some things with Hugh Jackson, and here's here's some things I thought about. Number one, the offense has clearly taken a, a step back the past couple of weeks. It, is the Jackson hiring getting into Bill Lazor's mind? Um, if it is, obviously that's an indication that Bill Lazor probably. Uh, isn't very confident in his own ability as the offensive coordinator. Who knows what's that, what that is doing to that offensive room. All indications are showing that Hugh Jackson is actually helping Marvin Lewis on the defensive side of the ball, not so much on offense, but we know Jackson has an offensive mind uh, for the game. So that was a thought that came to my mind. The other thought that came to my mind, and it really started to, I guess, percolate in my mind was with, the lack of effort, the lack of play on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, there's a lot of injuries, but your best players, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, they've combined, uh, I believe it's one sack in the last three games. Geno Atkins has one in the last six. Carlos Dunlap doesn't have one in the past three games. This defense goes as those guys go, right? I mean, those are their two best players on defense, and they are not doing anything. Vontez Perfect, another formerly good player on this defense is not doing anything. He looks slow. His effort level is low. So when I look at the effort level and I see the lack of, of impact plays from some of these former Pro Bowl players, these guys who are getting paid a lot of money, I begin to wonder, you know, okay, there, there seemed to be a sense of relief that Terrell Austin was let go by the players and all that stuff. But then you have Lewis assuming the play calling duties might he might the stale nature that might be permeating through the locker room might that be also now being shined upon more on the defensive side then he brings in a guy who got fired from cleveland had three wins there maybe the respect level by pro players is not at a very high level and that's also a reflection of the play we're seeing on defense i don't know maybe i'm digging too deep into this but i i don't know and and this was really one of the games that you bring Hugh Jackson in specifically to get a victory, right? I mean, if anything, you hope to get the two wins against Cleveland because Hugh Jackson is familiar with the guys on that team, knows how to exploit weaknesses, potentially all of that. Instead, it was the complete other way around. Uh, Cleveland just completely took apart the Bengals, particularly in the first two and a half quarters. And, um, you know, that's – that's uh, that, that's kind of the story of it. You lose Dalton, and then, you know, Jeff Driscoll plays pretty well towards the end of the game. Joe Mixon plays pretty well throughout the game. Um, but that was about it, right? I mean, that's that's really about it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this is really Rashad GT or not, 
meaning the former Bengals, Rashad GT. But he says we can still win the Super Bowl, believe it or not. Well, the AFC is very weak. That is that is true. Um, and it, Rashad, if that is if that is you, um, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I loved loved you when you played for the Bengals, but. Um, the uh you know there is a there there the AFC's weak the Bengals still are theoretically alive but um they're not playing well they're not playing well the effort level's low the injuries are piling up the, there's just too much stacked against them right now and you know i think christian dillingham who who sends a, a comment here blow the team up and start over um yeah, I mean that's that's probably the the permeating thought through a lot of people right now, and and unfortunately, you know I mentioned some of those good names on defense. The Bengals probably this next week now we'll get AJ Green back. You would think, you would hope that he would have played today, but um, you would think he comes back if Dalton's injury isn't serious. They've got that core group of guys there. There's just this massive underachievement happening right now, and unfortunately, um, that's it's a reflection of of uh, you know, coaching and all of that. Um, there are positives to take away from this game. John Ross had another touchdown catch. Yes, he had a drop, but he was also oh, – he had a touchdown catch late in the game. He also had a uh, – he was open early in the game on a bomb that would have been a touchdown if Dalton hadn't overthrown him. Uh, so that's – you know, there's that. And, uh, you know, that aside from Mixon, that was pretty much it. 13 penalties on the day, unacceptable. Many of them were against – poor Jeff – not against him, but were against the offense when Jeff Driscoll was there and put him in terrible situations that negated any kind of comeback that uh, the Bengals could have mount, mounted. And, uh, you know, I, I mean – there's, there's so many things to say that are negative that the effort level throughout most of the game was poor. The attitude seemed to be pretty poor. Um, they looked defeated and deflated throughout the entire game. Um, the little things now are starting to collapse on the Cincinnati Bengals. I mentioned the penalties, all kinds of mental mistakes in terms of false starts, all the false starts at home, regardless of it being a different quarterback, all of the false starts at home, that's unacceptable. That's a mental mistake. You can accept physical mistakes, you know, hard hit, you fumble the ball, you accept, you accept that kind of stuff. Um, you know, every once in a while interceptions will happen. You accept that kind of stuff. Uh, mental mistakes like a false start by numerous players at home is something you cannot accept. And that's indicative of, of a lack of focus and, and all of that. Um, two weeks in a row, the Bengals made rookie quarterbacks look like all-stars and, and proven veterans that's indicative of coaching and preparation. Um, and, you know, like I said, the intensity level, the effort level, all of that is not there. And right now we seem to be kind of in this stretch. If you remember, few people seem to reference or remember late last season when the Bengals got stomped by the Bears and the Vikings in back-to-back weeks. Um, they, they failed to remember that because the Bengals had a, a couple of nice wins at the end of the season, you know, saving Marvin Lewis's job, supposedly. Then they come back and they start off 4-1 this year. And everybody, including myself, kind of forgot to reference those things. Well, now we're kind of in the middle of a stretch very similar to that. Um, back then, there, were t- there was talk about Marvin Lewis potentially move- losing his job. I don't know if that will be the case this, this week. I, I doubt it. I, you know, I think that uh, at a minimum, Mike Brown and the Bengals will – keep Marvin Lewis through this season. They've already had enough coaching turnover and all that kind of stuff. I think they're going to keep it as is, but we'll see. 
Um, that's that's yet to be seen. Um, you know, there there are, like I said, there are so many places to start in terms of issues with this team. The penalties, 13 penalties at home, unacceptable. Your kicker can't kick a field goal attempt, can't convert a field goal attempt seemingly over 50 yards. He got a 54-yard attempt block. Then he had an extra point, even when a very, very, very unlikely comeback was being mounted. Um, misses an extra point. Everything that can go wrong basically did. You know, the Bengals get a touchdown before the half. They get the ball back. Maybe they start to get something moving. Poor snap by the rookie, Billy Price, goes over Dalton's head. Not only do the Bengals lose possession and give up another touchdown, but they lose Andy Dalton on the play with an injured thumb. So it's things like that that snowball on this team. And there are, there are unfortunately, there are signs that this that look like the 2002 Bengals, the 1998 Bengals, teams that won three games, four games, six games. And the mistakes are there, the, the poor execution, the lack of preparation, all that stuff is rearing its ugly head. And this season has just done a complete 180. As I mentioned, four and one to begin the year, you're now five and six. Um, and, and the playoffs seem to be completely, you know, out of reach at this point, even though they are, you know, mathematically alive, they, they seem to be out of, out of reach. Um, Robert Barbilly Price heard us today, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I said that uh, just a second ago. I mentioned some of his issues. He also had a, a, an errant snap penalty, uh, a block in the back penalty, and then he whiffed on two blocks in the first half that netted minus eight yards for Joe Mixon. So a really rough day for Billy Price. And here's, here's the thing that I was also thinking about, aside from the Hugh Jackson stuff. You go back to – and I've said this on our podcast. I've said it on the website. I've said it on these – live uh, post-game analysis videos. Cincinnati, the Bengals have made a concerted effort to kind of shy away from big spending and outside free agency. Yeah, they, they pay some of their own guys, but they, they shy away from giving the big contracts to the outside guys, and they really focus on the draft. They hoard their draft picks. They don't move up for them. They use all of them to round out their roster, and they think, you know, and a lot of times we get excited because, oh, you know, there's value here. That guy was supposed to be drafted, you know, way earlier than he did, all that kind of stuff. We look at now, and, and again, this could be coaching. Uh, it, it could be poor scouting. It could be poor development by the coaching staff. But Cedric Abwehi, Jake Fisher, both those guys were out there today. Jake Fisher couldn't play the entire game because he hurt his back. And Cedric Abwehi was out there, let up a sack to Miles Garrett, and another false start penalty on one of the last drives of the game. Okay. You look at Jordan Willis third round pick a lot of people liked including myself from a couple of years ago non-existent especially now that he's getting more snaps with Carl Lawson out there Sam Hubbard a guy who made a couple of nice plays as a third round pick this year disappeared after Carl Lawson is gone and and disappeared now that Dunlap and Atkins aren't doing anything as I mentioned earlier Malik Jefferson another third round pick this year for some reason the coaches are absolutely adamant about not playing him, even though the linebacker core is playing awful football this year, including perfect. Okay. There, the list goes on and on. John Ross, you could, you could point to last year and even early this year as, you know, a little bit of a waste. Now John Ross has five touchdown catches this year. So you got it. You got to like that. Um, and he is showing some growth, but um, you look at I've said this a bunch of times. You cannot, forego free agency and focus on the draft if you are whiffing on your draft picks. And 
the Bengals, for the most part, are whiffing on their high draft picks, and it's killing this roster. Um, some of it is not their fault, be it injuries. You know, Tyler Eifert's had a, a really bad streak of, of unlucky injuries. Can't really help that. Um, I mentioned Jake Fisher, another second-round pick, a guy who's got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of injury issues and whatnot. Can't really help that, but, um, you know, you have the Bengals – with this strategy, the Bengals essentially need to strike at a more at a higher percentage on their draft picks than most other teams because they don't trade up to get the impact guys and they don't do stuff in outside free agency at least not as much as other teams. So, at, at you know at, at some point they need to readdress the strategy and uh, move forward and and be a little more aggressive. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. Um, you know. I don't really know where else to go. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of comments. So many, and I'm, I'm really stoked that you guys are joining, joining me and joining Cincy Jungle live after such a tough loss, uh, you know, showing that Bengals fans truly are loyal. But most of these comments are, you know, about coaching, about Marvin Lewis. I see Deborah Shields here. Bad players result from poor coaching, too much talent not to win. Totally agree. Um, and that's, I mean, there, there's a lot of that stuff, you know, uh, Joe Mixon um, criminally underutilized over the past couple of weeks, even a, a little bit early this game. Now to be fair to Bill Lazor, like I said, price wasn't blocking well early in the game, you know, but then later on Joe Mixon's tearing him. He ended up with almost six and a half yards per carry uh, once again, and another 70 yards receiving. So the guy's a multidimensional weapon, and when you don't have AJ Green in, that guy should that guy should be getting the ball all the time. And they seem to shy away from him early in games, and then it puts them in. You know, they don't produce on offense, puts them in a hole. They have to punt the ball. The defense gives up points, yards, all that kind of stuff. So there's this vicious cycle. Unfortunately, a lot of sports and football, especially, is a game of momentum. It's a game of emotion, and it's a game of, you know, when you get on a hot streak, when, you, when you're playing well, it's contagious. And when you're not playing well, that is also infectious, I guess is a better word. And unfortunately, that is where we're at with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think part of that is they're demoralized because of the injuries. I think part of that, their head spinning because of the coaching change in the middle of the season. And I think that Lewis and his staff their message has potentially gotten stale with a lot of people in that locker room and I think now you're seeing this one in five result after starting four and one and um unfortunately you know when when the season began a lot of pundits pundits thought that the Bengals were seeing now in this past month and a half two months that would be the true Bengals and, you know, the Bengals would finish six and 10. And a lot of us are going, no way this team's too talented. And then they shot, shot off to the four and one start. And we're like, yeah, see, look, this team's pretty good. They're scrappy. They can win games. And now it's, it's kind of a house of cards and um, they've got a lot of soul searching to do, not only if they want to make the playoffs this year, but if about the direction, the long-term direction of the team, um, whether that's with Marvin Lewis, whether that's with Hugh Jackson, whether that's with another person, uh, also a quarterback, right? I mean, Andy Dalton has not played very well the past couple of weeks, 
and struggled again today without A.J. Green out there. He's just a much more comfortable guy, and rightfully so, much more comfortable quarterback when he's got A.J. Green out there, when he's got Tyler Eifert out there, Tyler Boyd's making plays, and the, and Joe Mixon's out there uh, playing, playing pretty good football. When he has that stuff, we see an Andy Dalton that's like 2013, 2015. When he doesn't have those guys out there, he looks skittish, he looks rattled, and um, there, there's some errant throws that, that uh, unfortunately take place. Um, again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Going to get out of here in just a minute. Uh, keep it to CincyJungle.com with all of the news, opinions, analysis, and updates. Um, we also shoot a once-a-week podcast. Um, it's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Art19, and CincyJungle.com. I'm the host as well as Cincy Jungle contributor John Sheeran, so check that out. Um, other than that, guys, I mean, I, I – there's so much to, to sift through here. Um, you know, this is a great question about the offensive line. Dante Coleman, why is Hart Fisher in a way he's still on this roster and Cody core, the offensive line played very, very poor today. I thought, um, you know, later on there were some holes for Joe Mixon to run through and, and Driscoll kind of made some things happen, but tons of penalties. Like I said, the false starts, the holds, all that stuff. Um, tons of them on the offensive line and even CJ Uzama who had some decent moments. Um, but Bobby Hart, not an NFL starting tackle. Cedric Abwehi, not an NFL starting tackle. Jake Fisher, it's hard to say because he can't stay healthy enough to make a determination on that. Uh, Billy Price really, really struggling, uh, at least struggled today up front. Um, and, and here's the other thing, and I guess I'll leave with this. It's it's not so much that some of these guys are struggling, which, you know, it happens on teams. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad games, all that kind of stuff. But not only is it a lack of development by the coaches, but it's a lack of, fle- of positional or roster flexibility, right? You know, Cody Core one catch today. He was in on the play on Dalton's interception. Um had a holding penalty on a, on a kickoff return. I mean, what, what's his value at this point uh, to the Bengals? Alden Tate, couple nice catches, you know, whatever. You, you may, you may want to start giving him a shot. You don't know what you have from Josh Malone, but then you look at the offensive line and you go, okay, right side of the line's a mess. Alex Redmond's been up and down all year and that's being complimentary. Bobby Hart, same thing. Um, Trey Hopkins filled in well for price at center. It got so bad today that the Bengals played Christian Westerman at, at, on defensive ta- in defensive line at a goal line situation early in the game, right? So th- there's just constant fitting of square pegs and round holes and this obstinance of the coaching staff not wanting to play certain guys at positions that the common outsider feels like could be an, an upgrade or should be an upgrade, but we're not privy to every day of practice. We're not privy to certain things inside the, the, the organization to understand why some of these decisions have been made, but it is what it is. And um, right now the Bengals are five and six looking uh, from the outside into the playoff picture. Um, hopefully they can start turning things around. It's looking pretty bleak. They are getting a couple of guys back, potentially Nick Vigil and AJ green. Maybe that'll help. We'll see. But thanks for tuning in. Try and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm Anthony Cazenza with Cincy Jungle and the Orange and Black Insider. Take it easy and hope you all had a good Thanksgiving regardless of this result. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week.
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.